today on Not Sam Wrestling. Returns galore. You've got the Kingdom showing up on Rampage. You've got the Good Brothers showing up on Raw. Rey Mysterio's on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt is back. And Bobby Lashley is on the show today. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Hey, how we all doing? Welcome. Welcome to 417. Not Sam Wrestling, and yes, Bobby Lashley will be on the show today. Can't wait for you guys to hear that conversation, but first, there's just too much happening to get right into that. So we saw... uh, Multiple uh, surprises hopping up over the last week, uh, both on 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 Raw and on Rampage and on SmackDown. Everywhere, everywhere you look, stuff is happening, right? You had the Kingdom from Ring of Honor show up on Rampage. There were rumors that WWE might be interested in Matt Taven, but he showed up with Mike Bennett and, and Maria Kanellis. On Rampage, I can only imagine that that means they've signed with AEW to represent Ring of Honor. Seems like there is a a, a Ring of Honor push happening over in AEW with the way they've uh, they've put the title on Chris Jericho and they've had Jericho now kind of going all the way with it, right? The way Jericho does, and I'm sure that Jericho is very involved in that process. I love love for Dalton Castle who has been in the Not Sam studio here, that Dalton Castle and Jericho are going to have that Ring of Honor title match on uh, Dynamite this week. But uh, the Good Brothers coming back on Raw, I think uh, there were people, there was definitely rumors about it. We mentioned it on the podcast last week that I thought the Good Brothers would be back, specifically because the emphasis was being put on the fact that AJ Styles had no friends. And I can't imagine that they would just say that. You can't say that a guy has no friends and then never introduce his friends because then it's like, oh, I guess he really has no friends. But the Good Brothers showed up and it's made me think a lot about uh, war games coming up at Survivor Series. War games! Because I, I wonder what the what the matches are going to look like. I think, I think they said there's going to be two war games matches at Survivor Series the first time war games has come to the main roster uh, coming up at the end of November. And I would imagine that would mean there's a men's war games match and a women's war games match. I would imagine that damage control is going to be involved in the women's match. But I'm more trying to predict what the story might be for the men's war games match. Because stuff has really changed in the last week on Raw and SmackDown. Not only do we have the Good Brothers showing up on Raw, which is now even the odds, right? I'm only looking at numbers here. This is Moneyball. I'm looking at the numbers. And if you've got, first I see AJ and the Good Brothers. And then you've got Dominic, Balor, and Priest. Three on three. I mean, you could throw Rhea Ripley in the mix, but I don't think WWE has gotten to an intergender place yet. So you've got your three on three. Edge, I would imagine, is out for some time. So whatever's happening with Ray and Dominic has to be put on a side. Then we find out, just in terms of numbers, then we find out 
on SmackDown. And I go like that. Well, maybe, maybe they're doing something where like Ray will kind of work with the club or I don't know. But then we find out on SmackDown that Rey Mysterio goes to Triple H and he says, I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. He says, I can't fight my son. It's not going to happen. This isn't getting any better and it's only going to get worse. So I'm out of here. Hunter Hearst Helmsley says, let's talk in my office. I can't let, I can't lose Rey Mysterio. Can't have Rey Mysterio showing up on impact. That's crazy. So he cuts a deal, puts Rey Mysterio in the fatal four-way number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship match. Rey Mysterio wins. Now, as the match is happening, we find out that the deal has been made, that Rey Mysterio has been switched over to SmackDown. I think it's a little early to say. Some people are like, so I guess that's the end of the Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio story. I think, number one, that's early to say. Number two, even if we don't have a match coming up in the immediate future between those two, that's not it. Like the, the entire story of Dominic being a villain is based upon the fact that he turned his back on his father. So that story is not over. It's just moving in a different direction. Um, but what that leaves me with is Ray is going to be doing something else. I don't know if Walter versus Ray is going to be on, I mean, Gunther, excuse me, versus Ray is going to be on SmackDown. I don't know if they're going to do it at Crown Jewel. I don't know if they're going to, I doubt they'll wait all the way to Survivor Series for it. But that match is going to be incredible. If you remember the Brock Lesnar-Ray Mysterio match was incredible. It's just the perfect, first of all, Ray Mysterio is not going to have a bad match. Okay, he is a, 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 a superhero who defies age, gravity, and the laws of physical strength in every aspect imaginable. But what you are left with is, okay, where what, what do we see happening with the War Games match? Because to me, I feel like the way things are going, there's kind of a pretty strong likelihood that maybe it's not the bloodline in the War Games match. In my head, and I still think it's the best idea, I love the idea of a five-on-five War Games match with the entire bloodline represented. When else are we going to get to see all five members of the bloodline? Roman, Jimmy, Jay, Solo Sokoa, and Sami Zayn all together on a single side in a match. I just think it'd be too good. But my issue is that there's no opponent on deck for them. That's a group of five. You would have to build a group of five for war games. And what you don't want to do is kind of just piecemeal together a group and make it like, these are Roman's toughest opponent. I mean, I guess you could. You could cross brands and go like, okay, we're going to put, uh, I don't know, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, uh, whoever, Lashley, all together, Sheamus on a super team to see if they can take down the bloodline. There would have to be a reason that the bloodline needs to be taken down for that to happen. Otherwise, you're just building a super match for the sake of a super match. And no matter how big a super match, I think that they always need to have a story. I just don't think you're getting the proper value out of your match if you're just like, nope, this is just a big match especially a war games match, a war games match, because traditionally 
it's been submission only. Now, WWE has switched the rules up and made it so it's pinfall or submission inside the cage as well. I think they've done that. But traditionally, it was a member of the team has to submit. And not only are they submitting for themselves, but they're losing for their entire team. So there ha- so so it really helps if there's a real blood feud going into these War Games matches. That's what's led me to believe that there's a good possibility that we're, this is where the OC and the Judgment Day finally collide. Um, just because you could build that hot rivalry. And I feel like there's a real push to make the Judgment Day one of the top acts, if not the top act on Raw. That leaves you with only three versus three, which in my opinion, a War Games match that does not make. You have two rings. You better have enough people to fill up two rings. I feel like if you're going to do three on three, you'd have to go triple threat. Like I believe they've done in NXT. Or I know they did it at the end in WCW. What they do? Team NWO Hollywood versus Team Wolfpack versus Team WCW. I don't know. Three on three on three. You could do it that way. So instead of five on five with 10 guys, three on three on three is still nine guys. And But I don't know who the third team would be. I don't know if you bring one of the factions over from SmackDown. Because on SmackDown, I mean, on SmackDown you have Hit Row, but there's only two guys. Uh, you have Legato. You have Imperium. You have the Brawling Brutes. Now, the other thing is you could have one of those factions. Maybe you're going to do the Bloodline you, I guess you could do three members of the Bloodline versus Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes. You could build out the Brawling Brutes, maybe have Drew McIntyre join them and have one other person join them to build that five-on-five five versus the Bloodline. I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to be able to, as Survivor Series gets a little closer, start making some real predictions as to where we see this thing going. Uh, Halloween Havoc is right around the corner. War Games is about a month from now, maybe six weeks. Halloween Havoc is on Saturday, which I think will be good. I don't know if we're going to get any title changes, but what I do think is based on the interviews that specifically Shawn Michaels has been doing and just the way this show has been promoted, there's clearly new attention being placed on NXT. And I think that they're trying to, without completely disrupting the what the product has evolved into, and certainly without stopping the progress that a lot of people have made in the last year, which has been really great to see. I think they are trying to bring back some of the older fan base. Not older in age. I mean the fan base that was sitting there watching takeovers in the Barclays Center and in Chicago and in all those spots. The people that would come and fill an arena to watch an NXT show. I, I think eventually they'd like to get back to a place where they can have a conversation about hardcore wrestling fans thinking that, well, that takeover show kind of stole the weekend, but they're still developing new talent. And I think that they're starting that by putting on, if you look at at the matches they've got, like the title matches, just by themselves, you know, Alba Fire as the, as the challenger for the women's championship. You've got Mandy Rose, who's your standard, but Fire is like guaranteed to pull out a great match. And then the fact that Braun Breaker, instead of being in there with, I don't know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but Braun Breaker being in there with Ilya Dragunov, who has already proven 
is capable of classics, the matches that he's had, and J.D. McDonough. Like, I, I think that this is where Braun gets to prove that he has the ability to, to showcase a really strong work rate, right? I think that, there, that a lot of that is going to start coming back to NXT. And I think that if you look at this card, it's kind of what they're doing. They're kind of, of combining the sort of newer 2.0 style developmental stuff they were doing and bringing back that super strong work rate product that wrestling fans were into. Now, it's interesting because I would say there is a higher interest in WWE main roster than there has been in years right now. And so part of what made NXT Black and Gold so special was that there was something lacking in wrestling. But now with AEW being here and with WWE creatively being on this new sort of crowd-friendly space, I think it's up to NXT to figure out, okay, well, what's the void now? Because the void that was around in 2016, 2017, that void has been filled. So what's the new void? What do people need to see in a product like like NXT? And I think that's the journey that they're on right now. And I think they're going to get a lot closer come Halloween Havoc and as uh, as the weeks go on. Um, but of course, we've got to talk about it. Another week, another Bray Wyatt analysis. Six days removed from what some people are calling the best return that anyone has ever had. It was certainly among the most satisfying. Bray Wyatt showed up on SmackDown for his first promo back in WWE. And they saved it for the main event segment because quite frankly, I'm sure a big portion of the audience was tuning in specifically to hear the words. After all the weeks and weeks of white rabbit vignettes and 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 the mysterious return with all the characters that we saw at Extreme Rules. What is this? How does this fit in to the landscape of WWE? And what does Bray Wyatt look like now? Well, we saw what Bray Wyatt looked like now. I loved uh, that as WWE came back from commercial break on SmackDown on Friday, the copyright banners hit first which means we're going to have a nice clean out. I knew immediately. As soon as the progressive uh, SmackDown, copyright, whatever, showed up at 9.48, 9.50, whatever time it was, I said, ooh, we're going to get a nice clean out on this show. Triple H loves putting that copyright logo before we're actually ending the show. So um, we see the door that was introduced to us at Extreme Rules with the very Brody Lee-like blue light shining through. And a new theme music is playing as Bray Wyatt uh, comes to the ring, dark blue lit, holding that familiar lantern in front of him. But we can already see, even though the light's not strong on him yet, we can already see that there is not a lot of accoutrement on Bray. He doesn't seem to have a very elaborate costume on. He certainly doesn't have any masks or or paint or he doesn't have a hat on. He doesn't have it does it looks like a guy and as as he's walking you see he's wearing his street clothes. He's in a, a black t-shirt, a pair of blue jeans and some boots. 
it's as human as we've really ever seen Bray Wyatt to be. And the entrance music that's playing him to the ring by Code Orange, same band that he's used before, is a banger. And it's a banger because not only is it a good song, but it just fit the mood and it fit the being that we saw in front of us. It was much more grounded than some of Bray's other entrance music has been. Whether it was the original Wyatt music that was kind of slow and, and fairly creepy and, and there was something, something that let you know that danger was looming or it was that like hard remixed version of it that The Fiend came out to that every note of it was like, I'm in danger. Somebody's gonna come and smash my face into the ground. This, this was something that, that you could see Wyndham, Bray Wyatt, the human being, just listening to. And you're like, yeah, yeah, this song is already allowing me to relate to this human being. Bray gets in the ring and we see then, he's got his hair pulled back, t-shirt and jeans, and is just speaking to the crowd, theoretically and apparently from the heart. And just letting the audience know how much that they meant to him. He tells the audience that this is just me. He says that it's a version of him that he, he says that I haven't been able to introduce to you guys. Huh. A version of him that he hasn't introduced to us. Meaning he has introduced other versions of himself to us. He says that the fans brought back his confidence. He says he lost so much. In the last year, while he was gone from WWE, he lost his career. He makes reference to, to, to Brody Lee, losing ones that are close to him. He says he lost his, his self-confidence. And, and he thought for a period of time that nothing that he had done in WWE mattered. But it was going out there and meeting fans and, and listening to them when he realized that not only did the things that he had done in WWE matter, but he had saved people's lives. He said, people came up to him and said, you saved my life. You were the, you, this was what I needed to hear when I was at my lowest point. And you did that, Bray. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. He said, uh, uh, 
when I left things behind, you found them. Talking to the audience. Talking about the trail of breadcrumbs. And he thought maybe those breadcrumbs had meant nothing. But no, the fans picked up every single one. And when he says this, he says, I left things behind. You found them. You, and just as we're going, oh my God, Bray's just telling it to us like it is. The lights go out. His mic cuts off. And the mask that we saw Bray wearing in Extreme Rules shows up onto the screen, scrambled up. All kinds of snow and everything on the screen with it. Not literal snow, but electronic snow. And we see these, these really terrifying red eyes piercing underneath that horrific mask looking like it was made out of stone, carved out of wood, I don't know. And the, and, and the masked figure says, oh, little one, come with me. Your life is done. Forget the future, forget the past. Life is over, breathe your last. <laughs> you got no idea who you're dealing with, do you? Oh, but you will, you will. Goes to black. The new logo with the upside down moth and the skull on its back shows up and we hear, ah! and that's the end. And then whatever syndicated network you're watching continues on with their nightly program and we're left to ask, what just happened? Well, there were some, and I saw this immediately on Twitter, that said Bray Wyatt broke character. Bray Wyatt went in there and broke character on SmackDown. I will tell you this. Not only is it unfair to say that Bray Wyatt broke character, Bray Wyatt didn't, Bray Wyatt was not just not in character. Bray Wyatt was giving the performance of a lifetime. Some of what he was saying could have been true. Some of what he was saying could have been false. None of that matters. Bray Wyatt was showing the true duality of Bray Wyatt. He started from the top. He said, this is a version of me, just me, that I've never gotten to introduce to you guys. You know who he has introduced us to? The other versions of himself. We talked about it last week. Husky Harris, Huskus the pig. He's now dead. The original Bray Wyatt in NXT, Mercy the Buzzard. He's now dead. Bray Wyatt trying to figure out who he was on the main roster. Ramblin' Rabbit, he's now dead. Bray Wyatt getting all demonic. Sister Abigail, he's now dead. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, he's now dead. And what we're left with, so we think, is just Bray. By himself, no faction, no one around him, just Bray. Bray's character evolution is an autobiography. And just as we think that Bray is finally, finally able to open up to us, he's still haunted. He hasn't shed his demons because this masked face shows up on the screen and it's still Bray. 
that's still inside Bray. There's still something in that, in that thing. That thing on the screen was so much more evil. So, so uh, there's something so much more creepy. There, it, it's almost insidious. This thing, where where is where is the fiend? Was like a like a like a like almost like a Michael Myers type of character, like a slasher horror villain, like a monster that would kick your door down and just crush you. Whatever this masked figure is, this appears to be something much more dangerous. This appears to be something that, that latches onto your, to your psyche. The quote that the masked character read, come with me, your life is done. Forget the future, forget the past. Life is over, breathe your last. That's a quote from a book called Aberat, which was written in 2002 by Clive Barker, who is a big time horror fantasy writer and uh, painter, artist, illustrator, you know. Um, and what Aberat is, is, I looked it up, I didn't read the book. It's an archipelago, a group of islands where each island represents a different hour of the day. So like one island is like 11 a.m., right? Like the, like the 3 p.m. island is a great island. The sun is high. We've done our, most of our work for the day, which is, but it's still the afternoon, still lots of possibilities. We're just relaxing. The midnight island, well, that's dark. The midnight island is creepy. And as I looked into this, I said, huh, it almost seems like the guy that we saw in the ring was 3 p.m. Island, Bray Wyatt. The guy that we saw on the screen was 12 a.m., 1 a.m. Those, those thoughts that creep into your head at, at, at just as you're trying to go to sleep that keep you up, whatever the, 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 the negative energy is. Maybe that's what this character is that's on the screen. I don't know. There's rumors that names like Uncle Howdy and Uncle Harper were were trademarked by WWE. People are associating with those masks. I don't with with the mask, Uncle Howdy. Maybe I don't know. But what I do know is that this kind of follows the story as we've been talking about it here on the podcast. That that what we're seeing is a very deep, cinematic, almost, character journey of Bray Wyatt. I, I, I think that the, I'm, I'm, I'm more sure than ever that the Wyatt Six and all this talk of factions and whatnot, it's, it's always been what I've always thought it has been, which is just the different elements of Bray Wyatt's psyche that make up Bray Wyatt. I don't see Bray starting a faction. If a faction is built, it'll probably be a faction that Uncle Howdy builds to take down Bray somehow. Because clearly Bray and whoever this masked figure is are not on the same page, right? Even when you had Bray and he was kind of controlling the, the the Wyatt family, he was in charge, but they were doing his bidding. 
when we started to just get into that psyche of Bray Wyatt, and there was Firefly Funhouse Bray, and then there was The Fiend. Firefly Funhouse Bray always let us know how dangerous The Fiend was, but he was never, he was never scared to unleash The Fiend. He thought it was funny. Oh, you don't want to unleash The Fiend. You know, this the, the, the Fiend and Firefly Funhouse Bray were certainly two separate entities, but they weren't at odds with each other. You know, it was almost like Firefly Funhouse Bray was, was luring you into a sense of false security with all this like kid stuff. And then the fiend would come and once you're, once you're lured in, they were working in tandem, even though it was one person. What's interesting about this setup, this scenario, is that Bray seems to find himself at odds with whatever this masked entity is that is now following him. And I can't wait to see how it pans out. It is, it is, it has piqued my curiosity to a tremendous degree. You better believe we'll keep following it though. It's a very exciting time. Uh, and I got to do something very exciting recently. Bobby Lashley was on my show at Sirius XM, and I wanted to share that interview with you. Uh Comedian Mike Feeney was in studio that day. Uh, that's the other voice that you'll hear on this interview. He was filling in for Jim Norton. But Bobby Lashley uh, was coming in, talking about everything that WWE has going on. But we ended up talking to him about uh, a lot, you know, kind of just getting to know him in general. But also, he talks about a storyline that he pitched to Vince that they never did, but was great. You can hear in the comments that he makes, uh, he's very ready for a return of the Hurt Business. Um, I think that 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 Lashley is is ready to step up into that main event. This interview happened the day that Brock came back to take down Bobby Lashley. So I don't know if he knew going into this or not that that was going to happen, but it's interesting uh, to, to put it in that context. But anyway, enjoy the video of this interview. We'll go up at youtube.com slash wrestling right alongside the MJF interview that's up there from last week. Thank you, by the way, for all of the positive feedback that you gave me last week. It was great. And uh, yeah, so check that interview out if you want to watch it. It'll be there. If you just want to listen to it, just leave the podcast on because here it is, Bobby Lashley. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Somebody that I think would be very on board with this conversation, somebody that I would imagine uh, probably is with me and is uh, out there getting very excited and buying McDonald's adult Happy Meals. That's something that that you would do, right, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you must have started. You must have gotten into nutrition pretty early on because, like, you were in ridiculous shape in your twenties and then just stayed there, <laughs> which doesn't happen, it's right? A, a lot of it's genetics. I, I, I gotta. I gotta see his genetics. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm the not amount of calories you must be eating is not just. I have no clue. You don't even. Keep, you don't keep track. You I don't, don't have. I don't do any of it. No nutritionist or anything like no, that. We have so many guys that they there are macros. They're counting their macros yeah. and doing intermittent fasting and all this other stuff. I'm eating cookies and <laughs> cheeseburgers. And oh, really? People must hate yeah. you for that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's always been that way. Nah. You know what? I eat healthy. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't do any kind of diets. I try to eat as healthy as possible. And then the one thing that I do is um, 
the days that I want to eat a little bit more cookies or something like that, I ramp it up in my workout. I, I love to work out, so I'm like a workout junkie. That would also not so. surprise me. You're a <laughs> yeah. giant man. But, like, you have to – you have to – are you not one of those guys that's like, okay, I need however many thousand calories put in my system every day so I can keep the size? No. Wow. No. Because, man, I have kids. When I go home, I'm running around, and there's there's times where I eat breakfast, and then my next meal isn't until dinner. Really? And I tell some of the guys that I work with, and they're like, what? You don't eat every two hours on the spot? You got a little timer and all this, in like, food care? I, I don't do any of that stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, because I, I, I knew things had changed when I had seen uh, some of your coworkers in the WWE. Like They're like, no, I, I have a, a checked bag, and I bring meals, bring meals. everywhere now because those, like, you know, Protein every two shakes. hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, just getting more in and more in. Yeah. But So were you a big kid? No, I was tiny. When did you start, like, did you start lifting weights at a young yeah. age? And Well, I, I, I hit a growth spurt late. I didn't, I didn't really start putting on weight until I got to the Olympic Training Center after college. Um, when I wrestled in high school, my first year I wrestled at 103 and 112. What? Wow. Yeah. I posted some pictures. of like my eighth grade year. I was like 84 pounds. I mean, I was tiny. That's like a Sam Roberts tiny. weight class back <laughs> yeah, in those yeah, days. Me too, buddy. Like, <laughs> me too. <yeah. laughs> and then I just kept growing. I, I, when I graduated college, I wrestled 160. And when I went to college, and did that feel, by the way, like did 160? Would you that feel like a big accomplishment that you'd gotten up to? Yeah, I thought I was a big dude. Yeah, I mean, because as far as weight classes, 160 is on the on the, on the bigger guy side, so I felt I felt pretty good. Yeah. And then going into college, I was supposed to wrestle 158, and I came into college at 195, and they were like, "What happened?" Whoa. I said, "I don't know what happened. I mean, <laughs> I, I was hitting growth sports so late, so I wrestled college at 184, 177, right in that range." But was, you were getting like chubby. You were getting muscle. Muscle. No, I was always lean. I yeah. was very lean all the time. And, and then when I went to Olympic Training Center, that's when uh, we had a strength and conditioning coach, and that's when we had like meals. So they were actually feeding us. Uh, my 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 first year at the Olympic Training Center, I wrestled one eighty seven and a half. Uh-huh. And then after that, I, I bumped up to two eleven. <laughs> Jesus, um, because because <laughs> there was well there was no weight class in between one eighty seven and two eleven, and at one eighty seven was such a tough cut for me, mm-hmm. and then at one point I was like, hey man, coach, I can't do it anymore. But I was training all the time to maintain that weight and stay at like two hundred or under, and I was training, running every night. I was working out two three times a day. This was like life all the time. So when I bumped up to two eleven, I was like, all right, let me let me not run in the evening and see what happens. Let me not run in the evenings and eat a little bit more in the evenings. And then I grew up with a little bit less than mm-hmm. I would say that. And I don't want to say poor, but I mean poor. So I didn't have the best nutrition growing up. So that was another reason why it kept me really small. But then when I got to the Olympic Training Center, I mean the meals that they were having, oh man, it was it was amazing. And when you grow up without, you're like, I'm not wasting any of this food. We're going to be eating everything. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, yeah. And so, so if you stopped wrestling and you were like, I'm, I'm not wrestling, I'm not fighting, I'm done with all of this, you don't have dreams of just becoming like a fat guy. You would keep, because you like working out. You know, I told Vince a year ago I think I think a year or two ago I told him I said I, I want to do this character he said what is it he said if I get beat one time I want to go into the severe depression and put on like 40 50 60 <laughs> 70 pounds and just be fat <laughs> and then and, and be a completely different character and yeah then, and then and then have like somebody like an MVP or somebody that's on my side kind of like pull me back and then have the crowd watch his transition 
back to me. You're a psycho, dude. And he, said, and he said, there's no way you can do that. I said, man, I think I can do it. So do you think you're going to repitch that now to Triple H, a <laughs> new set of ears? <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe Triple H will buy it. Yeah. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. try. What would, you do, what would you do if they were like, uh, all right, all right, let's do it. All right, all right, all right, big man. You think you could do this? All right, let's see you try. What would your process be to becoming like a big fat guy? You know, I, I, I talked to some people about it, and, and the first thing that I think it was Drew, Drew told me, he said, he said you probably go into depression. Like you... I think I would a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's not because of the eating part, it's because of the working out. Like, I work out. Like, that's my therapy. That's my everything. Like, I work out a couple times a day just to... Like, in the morning, I wake up and I do... Um, cardio and i listen to like motivational stuff and just like stuff to get me going and then who do you listen to um there's a bunch of different people i like les brown i do um i do um so les brown and then i just do whatever comes on i mean some some, some unpopular ones some okay. popular ones i okay. do sometimes joel steen i mean it just it just depends on what what's there i always have something that comes up on my youtube feed is here's the next motivational stuff gotcha mm -hmm. i mean joe rogan he has some stuff and they have a compilation of a whole bunch of different people that come on and just do a little bit of stuff denzel washington les brown tony robbins you know all these different people come so i just listen to that just to get a different point of view um some stuff i listen to is just to learn something i've been doing a lot of stock stuff and i just do that as my therapy in the morning yeah and so you'd, you'd have to stop listening to motivational speakers You'd have to stop your workouts, yeah. and you just have to, like, eat. yeah, mm. eat like breads, snacks, sugar. I mean, that part would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I want just walking around with loaves of bread. Yeah. I, I had Sammy Zane at at, at a, one of the um, one of our shows. We were catering, and he just turns to me. He's like. I love bread. And he was so intense because <laughs> I love bread. And I was like, all right. <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> but you know what? I think if I did that, I think that it would it would go different. I think for me, I would just get skinny. I would be skinny fat as opposed to just right. plump fat. Mm. Right. I think I'd be skinny fat. Yeah. But either way, it would be a fun transition back. I know I can get back there. Yeah. You'd be like the De Niro of wrestling at that point. Where you're, or Christian Bale, where you're just doing these extreme, like, yeah. this is this is how dedicated I am to the craft. Did it take you, like, did you, when, when did you really develop this level of sort of appreciation for the art of professional wrestling and, and figuring out, like, character work and stuff like that? Because I'm sure at first it wasn't just natural, right? No, at first it was just your big slam people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for a while. So when I first came in, it was it was a lot of that. I mean, I didn't really know the business side of it. I didn't know that part. I just knew intense slam, punch, slam, kick. There was nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, but then after I left, I did some independent work. I went and worked some different styles. Inoki, Rest of Soul. Um, I worked for him a little bit. And it was different styles. So it was putting together different matchups in a different way. And then when I started coming, when I started doing some stuff with Impact, that's when I started really kind of like coming into this um, heel character. And then I started really understanding the business in a different way. And then when I came back, it was like the first business that I was in when I first came into WWE is completely different than when I came in the second time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the different rosters, different style of wrestling, different different everything. So it was... Um, it was different, so I started really kind of like playing with characters and playing with different things. That's when the Hurt Business came along. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. things like that. So I started playing with some 
different ideals. Do you like it when like you start having to be involved in ridiculous things that it's not just like big badass Bobby Lashley is going to slam people, but it's like, yeah, we're going to throw you in this insane ridiculous wedding angle or we're going to like you're going to you're going to have to be a part of this nonsense, you know? It's growth. You That's like that? <laughs> <laughs> Humility is a is a is a very um it's a real thing. Humility. <laughs> I I got to imagine being like a heel must be one of the most fun thing cuz it's like, you know, as a comedian it's like the goal is to get like laughs, but to be able to have an arena full of people like booing and hissing you and that means that you know that you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And I truly feel like a lot of wrestling fans don't like I used to be I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. And I remember seeing like Owen Hart live and he was like such you know he had his like slammies and everything and he would like literally just be taunting the while he was waiting to, it was like a tag team match i remember so clearly him being like <laughs> like evil cackling and i remember being like i fucking hate that guy and like i didn't even realize like what he was it was like perfect he was just trolling it was like it's the perfect thing and it elicits such a response where you're like i'm gonna kill that guy if i get my hands on him yeah it must be very fun it is it is but you know what it's it's the easy way mm. being a heel is easy you know, all you gotta do is get on the ma microphone. You guys suck. Boo. Yeah, yeah. You guys are fat, lazy people. Boo. You know, that's easy. <laughs> sure. Um, to get people to get behind you is, is a little bit harder. Because sometimes when you try to get them to get behind you, they actually turn on you and, and they force you into a heel roll. Uh. Yeah, because you can't be. I mean, it's almost like dating, right? You can't be. Like when somebody's too needy. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, you're so great. You're so good. It's like, enough. Yeah, yeah. Enough. I don't like you. Yeah, yeah. Or, and also, like, for somebody like you. That's in like crazy shape, and you're like, I don't know. It's just I'm just lucky. It's, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it's no, like it's, it's not for all of us like black t-shirt, skinny fat wrestling fans that are sitting there going like, this is our dream, but none of us have the physical <laughs> capability to do it. It's not the most relatable place. Damn. All right, let, let me change that. What I said first. I work out all day, and yeah. I and I and I diet, and I macro, and I do all this other stuff. It's, yeah. it's hard yeah. work. Yeah. It's yeah. not fun. Yeah. It's not. Fun. I, I mean, I I love it either way. I love I love being a heel and playing that character because when we had the opportunity to do that, I loved it. And like you said before, when I first came back, you know, I was trying to think of like the old times. So I was like, okay, I'm a single father. I put myself through all this. I I just got finished fighting for the past eight years. Did really well. Traveled all over doing that. Um, Put myself through college. I was, I'm in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to throw all these out. You guys got to like me because of all the things that I've done. And the crowd, I kind of saw that they were kind of like moving this kind of other direction. They were like, we don't like you. Because if you think <laughs> about it, look at somebody like Austin Theory. Right. They should love him. Right. The kid's 24 years old, looks like a million bucks. He can rustle his ass off. He can talk. He can do everything. Yeah, but here's the problem. I'm 39 years old, and he's better than me at everything. <laughs> that guy sucks. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in that. Like, the last thing I want to see is some kid that's great. That's right. You should appreciate greatness, right? right. But, like... It's great at everything. Yeah, you want, like, the like the McFoley type, right? Who's, like, slobbish. Right. He is, like, there's no... There's nothing uniquely good about him besides the that he just keeps getting up. Right, you that's know? what I would have to do. The like, everyman. Yeah, the everyman. Yeah, yeah. That's the baby face. Or, or you just turn into somebody who's like such a badass, which I think is what happened to you. Yeah. Like you just start destroying everybody yeah. and people go, 
yeah, I love watching that guy destroy people. Yeah. Hulk smash. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's and I think it. It, it started when um it started when I when I came back with Omos because Omos was killing everyone. Yeah. And they needed somebody to eh, kind of shut him up or just tame him or humble him and. And I came along, so everybody was like, yes, we want Bobby to do it because we've seen Bobby beat up everybody as a bad guy. Now let's see him beat up everybody as a good guy. Plus, I mean, it's like it's it's like the, the basic art of pro wrestling. It's such a spectacle. Like, who wants to see this big muscle guy smash this eight-foot guy? Yeah, I'll buy a ticket. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, yeah. Were you... Uh, when you did come back, especially over the pandemic, I feel like you hit this next level stride during the pandemic, which is insane because like so much of what you guys do is feeding off of live audiences. Yeah. And the fact that a lot of you were able to excel yeah. during that period is that, did you have to rethink how you were presenting yourself or how did, how did, how did it work performing in a, in an empty arena. We did it. You know what? First of all, I think the guys that did it should be commended. Yeah. The guys that did it should be the ones that are highlighted right now. Yeah. Because during that pandemic, there's a lot of things happening. You know, people weren't able to go on the streets. And I was flying every single week. Mm, that's doing so... shows in that building. The Hurt Business. We were, we, were, we were like most of the show. We were doing everything. Everything that they asked us for. And, and it was... It was a, it was a good group that I was in because it was it was it was real. I mean, me, MVP, Sheldon, Cedric, we had so much fun with it. We were running the show, and it it really didn't matter. And we talked about it all the time. We said it don't matter if there's nobody there. We know the crowd. We know that they're there. We know that they're behind things. MVP, he's very um, vocal and he stays on his social media, so he knows you know the feedback that What's we're working. getting. So after the show, we were always going out to a place and we would all sit down and and have something to eat, the four of us, and we would just discuss how we can get better, how we can get better. And we were always thinking about, it was like, man, when the, when we get back in front of a live crowd, oh man, they're gonna go crazy. Mm. What never, was that like? That I mean, happened. your first time, yeah, you, really, uh, you were in front of a live crowd for a second, for WrestleMania, right? For like half the stadium. Not the Hurt Business. I guess you weren't the Hurt Business at no. that point, yeah. You won the world title though, right? Yeah, to be true. Right, that had to be a moment. Yes, it did. No, yeah. hold, on, hold, on, hold on. I won the title from the Miz. I retained it against Drew. Against Drew, right? Everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be Drew's big comeback moment," and you were like, "Nah." He ran into the Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, do you take a? Is there a, a pride in the fact that you're like, when you come out of that, right, and you're back, all of you are back in front of audiences. Do you kind of know, like, okay, now I really know. No matter what gets thrown at us, we're going to be able to excel. Yeah. We haven't had that opportunity, not with the her business. Right. But, um, you know, afterwards it was kind of like, hey, remember us? Remember us that was doing all the work? Remember us that yeah. was flying every week when yeah. some people were not even showing up? Yeah. And claiming, oh, the, the pandemic kept me away or I can't do it or just didn't want to do it because the risk. Mm-hmm. We were going out there busting our ass every single week. So um, I am saying that to say, I mean, the Hurt Business has a lot of life left. And I think that there's an opportunity that we can all get back together because I love it. I mean, that was a good part of my career. Yeah. And I would like to get back in there. So mm. we'll see. I mean, you know, you got the United States Championship at the moment. Yes. Which is the top title on Raw, by the way. Uh, the top title across the board. 
think it's bigger. I mean, it's the United States. So the United States Championship better than the World Championship? We're saying this? It's not the title that makes a man. It's a man that makes a title. Boom. Ah. He's saying he's better than wow. the world champion. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. <laughs> I'm going to go with you on this yeah. one, Ashley. <laughs> Bobby, I think you're making salient points. <laughs> Let's fight about it. Nope. <laughs> if you and I both tried to attack him at once, how long would we survive consciously, you think? I would have to kill one person because I don't want to fight two. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> just, just immediate just, snaps just, in there. <laughs> which, by the way, leaves the other person like, this got really serious. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I'm out. I think, uh, yeah. How long do you think that would be? If Mike Feeney and Sam Roberts just right now, we're sitting at just the radio, just out of nowhere. Superman punch, and then he just grabs my fist and just, you Like, know. we're all having a good time here. We're all yeah. talking to each other. We're chopping it up. If Mike and I just both like looked at each other, not jumped <laughs> across the and table lunged. and grab you, how long would we last before one of us was unconscious at the very least? Oh, just one. Okay, before before you were done. If it's if it's just one, I I have some really sneaky submissions. Like I can really put you out in five ten seconds. Wow, okay. you wouldn't even one have to person. take the jacket off. It would be fine. No, it's, I keep a little loose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess that's part of. Being a big, strong guy and a pro wrestler, and oh yeah, an MMA fighter as yeah, well. Yeah. I, guess, I guess all those things come in handy. Fighting's fun. Yeah, you must. The ability to walk down the street and just know you could defend yourself against whatever. Like, do you take that for granted? Because most of us, I'll speak for you, Mike. Yeah. We don't have that confidence physically. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's know, why that's... people own guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's those who don't have the physical capability. Is like, but this though, right? <laughs> yeah, I can go like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that must be such a luxury. I'm, I'm a very humble person. Yeah, but if somebody tests you, uh, well, if I have to fight, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I never go. I, 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 I say it, with humility, <laughs> fighting is so much fun. <laughs> do you ever? Do you drink at all? I'm not. Like once in a, once in a, blue moon. Because that's where I feel like the most aggressive. You know, if you're if you're your, your size and you're at a bar, that's like where. It just takes that one drunk guy to be like, "What? He, I could, I could take this guy." And then it's just a thing of like, "Hey, man, don't even, don't even walk down this road, man, because it's going to end very badly for right. you." Yeah, that's the. But that's... I feel like it's almost only drunk people at bars would try to like be like, "I can, I can take." Like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. I can do this. Like, do anybody yeah. ever come up to you? There's no way people are trying to pick fights with you, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so reserved and. and... I remember one time a while back, some guy came and, and I mean, I was with Chris Masters and Carlito. <laughs> so, so we were all just sitting around. This guy was like, he was like, what do you guys do? And he was like, oh, we're, we're pro wrestlers. And he was like, oh, I fight UFC. I was like, oh, really? You fight UFC? I didn't know that was an actual thing. But... Yeah, that's an art. That's cool. And then he was like, I would just break you guys. And then he kept, and he kept like pushing his chest out and he wanted to get closer. And I was like, ah, and then he just kept saying, you guys do this fake stuff, oh, like this. And I was like, all right, man, this guy's pissing me off. And then yeah. he kept coming up, and I was like, listen, man, I fight also, so if you have respect for fighters, I'm a fighter. And he was like, no, no, no. And then at that point, it was it was to the point of we were going to fight. 
Right. And, and, and Chris Masters, he was the one that jumped in there and kind of like backed this guy off. But that was the only real time that I had somebody like that. He was a belligerent. He was drunk. We were just, we See, just gotta walked be drunk. Into, gotta be drunk. We just gotta walked drunk. into the club. <laughs> yeah. But um, typically, I, I don't put myself in those situations. And if I did, I would try to like talk my way back out of it. I'm not one of those ones that just instantly want to throw a punch at somebody for saying something. That's probably rock bottom, right? When you're like, uh, what'd you do? Like, why? How'd you end up in the hospital? I got drunk and picked a fight with Bobby Lashley. I, yeah, think, I, I yeah. think I have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I can never do this again. Yeah, that's got to be tough. But yeah. there, there are those times because I grew up in combat all my life. Like I started wrestling really early. Um, I do have that like urge to fight. So I go to gyms and do some sparring at times. And, and I think I still have a fight left in me. Mm. Um, you want that? too. I a fight or two. I think a run. A run. <laughs> it's, it's it's like a sickness, but a a different kind of sickness. Is that something? Because there's a time limit on it on all this stuff, right? Just the way life is. Is that something that you would want to do simultaneously to WWE, or is that something where you'd be like, let me bow out, let me get a couple fights, and sure. let me come back? I I think I'm in pretty good shape, but I would I would like to stay with WWE because when I'm done with WWE, I'm retired. I'm I'm, I'm retired um but if i could i would talk with hunter saying hey look you know for the sec next six weeks it is pretty important that i train for this i could still do tvs but of course like the last probably three or four weeks i got to stay away from physicality in the wrestling ring what if he tells you okay but if you lose the fight that's gonna affect standings we if our audience sees you losing this mma fight that's gonna affect the way you come back to our roster because I think you know that sounds like a maybe a motivational that, speech he'd play in the morning to his cardio <laughs> yes. now he can't <laughs> you, know? you know what if, if they said that and then I'd say well then if I do win that brings more credibility so <laughs> you might as well go and hand over the universal title yeah. if we're going to put that kind of stipulations yeah. on it this way this and this way this if yeah, I yeah. win this happens if I lose this happens and I'd be willing to take it you know the result is going <clears> to <throat> affect your standings here will you put it in writing yeah <laughs> please, please do. put it in writing Writing. What has that been like to uh, uh, now work directly for Triple H? You know, I mean, your your relationship with Vince McMahon goes back to the time, you know, you're coming in and, yeah. and you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago at this point. Yeah. And, and he saw something in you as a young man and, and also seeing you come back again with Vince and, and watching your character blow up yet again. I'm sure that there was a, a closeness there. It couldn't have been easy to then turn around and be like okay now this is the guy you're working for yeah i mean it, it is a little different because i haven't worked with triple h as much um but i like the ideas that he has he has a lot of good ideas and he's and he's throwing some stuff out there and he's always somebody easy to talk to hopefully the relationship stays good i you, you don't know when somebody else comes in you know he has his people that he's been working with and and you know those people have been highlighted on the show as you can see coming forward but I think he knows it, and and I gotta believe Vince is behind something, um, and 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 I know he's been a part of everything leading up into it, so he understands, you know, who's been doing the work for the roster for the sub past several years, and I know he's not gonna push anybody to the side. So, I mean, I'm a quiet person; I don't ask for much. Mm -hmm. I try to work my way into things. So, I mean, if he admires the work that I do, then he's gonna keep me on. If he doesn't, then. You'll see less of me. Hopefully, there's not less of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the work speak for itself. Well, yeah, I mean, you've been in some banger matches lately. It's almost like, okay, we're going to give you a multi-segment match with some 
extremely athletic people. Let's see what you can do. And you go, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. I can work with anyone. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. When you see something like, uh, so there's a big thing in, in the wrestling world, Bray Wyatt coming back at the end of Extreme Rules on mm -hmm. Saturday. And it kind of got everybody talking. And just the way it was done, it was just executed perfectly. Right. Yeah. When you see something like that, do you go like, I love that there's this kind of energy towards the product right now. Is that what you mean when you talk about Triple H and his ideas and and what's going on? I think he's I think he's more open to hearing with some of us some different ideas. Mm -hmm. But but like I said, it's it's you have to have that that reach you have to have that connection with him in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Um some of the people already do so they've been really getting some of the things that they like kind of pushed along a little bit more. Um, I think it's just, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to really sit down with him and really discuss where we're going forward. And I, I think that's some discussion we're having today or um, soon. But, you know, he just got into the position. So everybody's flooding into his office and a lot of good ideas are coming, but it's coming from the guys. I think it's coming from a lot from the guys like um, the uh, the Judgment Day. They've been really coming together. They've been really doing some big things, they have some great storylines. Um, and I know that Finn has a lot to do with that because he has a lot of great ideas. So, so with Edge, Edge came in, and you know Edge is doing his thing. Bray, some of those guys are really, really close, and then worked with him before, whether it was NXT or before. So he has a that good um, relationship with some of those guys. So uh, I think I think it's you're going to see a lot more surprises like that coming forward. And I think that's what he wants to do. He wants that shock factor. He wants that unpredictable show. And right now, that's what we've been doing. So it's kind of fun. You know, I've been having some big matches. The match with Seth. And then again with Seth again, um, Austin Theory and some of those guys. I mean, I think everything is going in the right direction. Yeah. Are you going to, when you have your meeting, are you going to walk in with that hat on that says goat on it? Just so subliminally he under, he's like, okay, we're in goat territory now. Like, oh, we got one of the greatest of all time sitting here right now. This is what now. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah this we got this goat conversation yeah. to have right now. Um, forgive me because I don't know. I didn't know a lot about your past, but it says that you were in. You were caught in a bank robbery. Is that a very well known? I'm sure that story's been told a million times, but that seems like a pretty crazy event, life event to have yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah, it was just my transition from amateur wrestling to pro wrestling. I got I got found and and there was supposed to be some time before making that move into professional wrestling and then during that time when I was still training getting ready for the Olympics you know I was in a bank guys came in shooting up I took a dive down to the ground split my knee open and that ended my amateur wrestling career oh wow but um after while well, I had a couple surgeries in there Gerald Bresco had called me up during that time when I'm sitting with a leg brace on and he was like hey you know I know that. You said that you wanted to wait until after the Olympics to talk to us, but we'd like for you to come a little bit sooner. Didn't tell him about the leg break, and I just came in. Was, so you've like, always been smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I should tell him about this surgery that I just had. And so I I trained and, and rehabbed for a little while, and they came on. So it was like one door closed and another door opened. I wrestled for 20 years leading up into that. So, of course, my main goal was to make it to the Olympics and be an Olympic champion. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, Olympians, too, it's like you train your whole goddamn life for one thing, and then just, like, I'm sure you've replayed that day a million. I mean, it's obviously worked out for you, but I'm sure at least before that, you played that a million times back in your head being like, I could have gone to Chase after lunch. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what did I, I, I sleep in? You know? Like, yeah. I didn't even need that. I got too goddamn motivated by the goddamn morning workout that I was like, let me go to the bank now and get it over with. And you know what's funny when you, when you say that? I, I was personally training that morning too mm. and my client didn't show up 
And that's why I went to the damn bank. So it's their fault. I, I would have held so that. much resentment for that person. Uh. Like, if you didn't fucking... I, I got into a car accident once, and it was because I was in high school, and I cut practice. I was doing, like, track, and I, I was like, I'm not going to track. Fuck that. And then I got in a car accident on the way home, and yeah. I was like, it's bullshit, man. If they just would have made me go to practice. If there was accountability here, I wouldn't have fucking done this. You let me leave, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You saw me driving away, dude. You let me go. Yeah. Um, at one point, is it true that you were trying to uh, figure out a way to get a bare knuckle fight going with Mike Tyson? That's crazy. is that a true thing? I just saw him post something on Instagram. Yeah, and I was just talking about this, and I was like, Ah, <laughs> you see, don't know about this. <laughs> you want to fight but Mike? Man, you want it's, to it's, fight it's, Mike it's Tyson? Not, it's not. It's it's not the way that. Of course, if I when I said that some some. Some people reported, oh, Bobby's challenging Mike Tyson. It's not that. When you get in the sport of combat, mm-hmm. um, it's it's not so much testing yourself. It's it's having the ability to be and challenge yourself against some of the greats. So, sure. I mean, some people look at it as like, oh, Mike Tyson's a bruiser. You want to get knocked out by Mike Tyson? It's like, I mean, no, I would say, not I would say, I, I would say, full on, I would him. say, full on breaker. I don't know if it, <laughs> yeah. bruiser. You'd be <laughs> lucky to get out with bruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, look, and this is now, he, right? He still I know, got I, well, it. He just posted this, and I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. Why is he doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be terrified to be a sparring partner. Just if he misses with one punch, look at the hamstrings on him. Still, look at he is. Oof! But it, w- w- isn't isn't that incredible? I mean, you you got to give it to Logan Paul and Jake Paul what they did. Everybody's like, oh, there's YouTubers that are going out there doing this stuff and they're going to get killed by these fighters. Oh man, Logan Paul had an opportunity to be in the ring with the greatest Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Incredible to be able to get in there and just say that you did it. It's amazing. I mean, of course you can run the risk of getting knocked out. You get knocked out, smells all wait back up. There's another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of years <laughs> off the life. What's a, you, know, what is it? you wake up, your jaws in three pieces. Yeah, big deal. You go right to the check cashing place and you settle on your millions. You, know? yeah. you roll yeah. down there in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he. It's different though. Tyson is a different fight though because it's like you know, at least with Mayweather, it's a lot. It's defense. You're never touching him. But I mean, Tyson is just like it's like letting it's a Rottweiler worried. off his fucking yeah. leash. Yeah. If, no, if, I'm if, on this medication to keep me from killing you. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, Can no, you no, imagine no, no, if no, he no. didn't find like mushrooms and pot after his oh, fighting career? Like, he would... it's a, it yeah. was bad. Yeah, and he's such a charming guy now too. Yeah, but you want the monster to come back. You want to. You want to unleash the beast to get Tyson in there. If you, I mean, it's it is it is what it is. I mean, if you want to get tested, if you want, I mean, in life, got to test ourselves in different things. Yeah. You got to jump into different things. Just say, tell with it, you know, I'll do it, and and I have. And I've always been that way. If a challenge comes around that makes sense, I'm into it. Right. And I mean, yeah. And it's one thing. That's just sparring. It's it's a sparring partner showing his. Okay, he's a bruiser in sparring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's one thing to have gloves, but bare knuckle fighting. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. The only reason I said the bare knuckles one was because the the promoter was a bare knuckles promoter. Uh, I don't think it was going to be a bare knuckles fight. Gotcha. Gotcha. Boxing fight. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But you would do bare knuckles if that was the option. I mean, 
<laughs> he loves a challenge. I, mean, I, 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 got, I got kids. I got kids. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> let's talk kids. about money. Let's, yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about what I will do. Let's yeah. talk about how much I will do it for. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go that yeah. way. Let's move backwards. Oh, there we go. So yeah. let's say, let's say, ten million dollars. Would you do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I guess, do you have a, an, an age in mind? You don't have to say what it is because you probably don't want to. But is there like an age in your mind where you're like, that's the age I'm going to be done with all this. I'm going to have my money. It's yeah. going to be over. You know, that's it. When I hit 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, think luckily, I, I think that's what I said when I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, my My biggest thing was... The people that are around me, the people that I found that I feel that are a little closer to me, I want them to be honest with me, be mm -hmm. real with me. You know how you see fighters that are like they do that one last fight that they shouldn't have done, mm -hmm. right? And they could have had sparring partners, they could have had coaches or somebody saying, "Yeah, all right, let's let's tap out, let's go and do something else, let's move to the next stage in life." I told the people around me, I said, "If you feel that for me, I'm okay with telling me." Um, I'm not doing it for the money right now. Over the years, I've I've compiled like a, a a really nice real estate portfolio and different things like that, so that I'm taking care of my kids are taking care of. Right now, I'm I'm doing it more legacy, and and I love wrestling, and I have the ability to do it. And I think I'm showing people something different. You know, um, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. The morning workouts. I'm that guy that trains hard. I'm that guy that I'm okay with being a role model. I'm okay with all these different things. So I want to stay in the business as long as I can for that reason. But if there ever comes a time where you know, I'm running a little bit slower or I'm, I'm moving a little slower and I take a bump and it's like, oh, no, this hurts coming back up, you know? Right. You're going to get that anyway. But if it ever gets to that point where I feel like I'm slowing down, then let's stop. Well, yeah, because you know how much things are supposed to hurt. If it starts to hurt more than it's supposed more. to hurt, you're right. like, okay. That's also, that's got to be, because every, I mean, every athlete, every baseball player, every everybody, you know, it seems like stays too long because the pride of it of like no 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 they they're you take it as like a, they're counting me out and mm. I'm gonna show them I can still yeah they're always the last to find out do the yes yeah because yeah. it's like even I feel like even if you had people in your corner being like I think it's like if someone told you that today you'd be like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about dude right. I'm doing I'm think, I'm feeling fine you think know it's like, time yeah. to slow down oh I didn't know you were a hater yeah, yeah oh. exactly <laughs> like, exactly okay. they can just break out the tape and say look we let's slow you're running right now yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't have a. I think there's a time where I'm saying, even if I do feel good, I need to shut it down. Mm. So, um, you want to leave with a little bit in the tank? Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Not that many people do it though. No. Yeah, and then they just keep coming back. They're like, oh, one more. Oh, one more. Oh, one more. One more. One more. Um, but I think I don't want to say never. But when I do shut it down, I'm I'm gonna shut it down. I mean, the fact that you're like, and you read this, it's not just me saying it. The fact that you're hitting your peak still like in the eyes of fans i feel like as every year goes by like he's at his peak oh i thought he was at his peak last year <laughs> he's actually at his peak now like the fact that you're you're, you're still rising is like uh, it's incredible it's not uh, probably i'd have to do some research i would love to see if that's ever even been done yeah. before it's 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 unbelievable and i'm guessing based on kind of the way you've answered some questions and and your your the way you're describing the championships that that you kind of want to be the one who smashes Roman. That's what it sounds like to me. 
everybody wants to be the one to smash Roman. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's at the top of his game right now, and I don't know who that's going to be that, that has an opportunity to step up and do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's who is the most popular at the time. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I don't know what it is. But you but need I, to be in that conversation. I should be in that conversation. Yes. I mean, if I'm not in that conversation, then we're not having that conversation. Right. Yeah. You're not, it's yeah. not why, the right conversation. Why even wearing the goat hat then? I mean, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. yeah. This isn't an accessory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a statement. Maybe we were just watching a little video clip of me pinning him earlier today. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. When you know now, you know this morning, tonight is going to be one of those matches that like yeah it's going to hurt it's going to be it's going to take everything you're going to leave it all in there do you feel that yet is it something that you're like tonight's going to be a, a a big one or or will it not hit you until you're in that mode or is it just another day at the office? Another day at the office. Take a couple of Advil beforehand <laughs> no, or something. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 I, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's I, part I, of the you know, Let me ask you this question, which is probably the stupidest question you'll ever hear. But have you ever had to do a wrestling event with like a pounding headache or like a migraine of anything? I love that you were just like talking about Advil. Yeah. Like, you know what no, because suck. I thought about this dude, like trying to do stand up when you have a headache, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sucks, the light's kind bright, of, you're kind like- Kind of the same. Yeah, kind of, but I, I can't imagine, like I, I see people like, you know, you get thrown off a top rope, suddenly like you slam your head a little bit and you're like, fuck, I got a head. And the headaches are so, no matter how much physical pain you're in, a headache can be very headache debilitating. Sucks. You understand? Yeah, no, it's it's I, very debilitating. I, 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 the bright yeah. lights, the people booing and screaming, it's only adding to the headache. You see, I'm I very concerned about the headache. Have you ever had a headache? <laughs> I have to say no. 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 Well, you probably got adrenaline pumping. They'll probably yeah, adrenaline just wipes out everything. All right. Right. Like uh, I would say probably uh, you know, 75 lackluster people in a club who just came because they heard there was comedy versus 100,000 people me? that are <laughs> Buddy, I sell just fine in Long Island and Long Island only. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it, and it's hard, too, because you can't go the next day on, on Twitter when everybody's, like, going and saying, oh, that was a terrible match. Like, but I had a headache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't God, say that. I get it, but you I have no excuses. Right. And, and I don't think there's a time that I went out in any match where I was like, man, I feel great. Right, mm. there, there because was like, you, know, you know what happened. I would tell myself that, but it's like, like right now, I this happened last week. Oh I had my, nine stitches oh in my, my finger. God. Um, I this... went, I went through a table, and and then afterwards, you know, I'm sitting there. But like, those are, by the way, those are pre-cut, man. Right. Those tables are fake. <laughs> yeah, it's, the stitches are literally hanging out of your. Finger. That is one hundred percent opening tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> One hundred percent. And then after the match, I'm sitting there celebrating, and I was like, "Oh damn!" Blood's like just gushing out of my hand. So I take my title and I wrap it around my arm. So I'm holding the title in this arm, and it's gushing. It's the, it's the end of the show. It's this main event. So I'm going through the crowd trying to get high fives, and it's like, yeah, main event. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just pouring blood and pouring blood. And then the next day, that's when I had I had a match with last week um, with Ali. You know, right. Two segments. Oh my God. The day after this happened. So it's like normally some people will say, Oh, you know, I can't wrestle. I mean, it hurt like hell. And it's cut all the way across. It's right at the, yeah. at the joint. Stitches are popping out and everything like that. So, yeah, and, and 
And you're flying I, all I, over I the just, place. It's a 20-minute match. You're flying all over yeah, the place. Yeah, so I, I just I told the trainer, I was like, just wrap it up. He was like, can you do it? He's he's sitting there trying to figure out a way that he can tell the office that I can't wrestle. Yeah. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm doing that. Right. that goes back to me saying, you know, oh, if you can't wrestle. Yeah, just man, tell me. That's what I'm talking maybe, about. Maybe Bobby's too old needs to retire. Right. <laughs> and I was like, no. Stitch me wrestling. up. Get the hell out Tape of my it way. Up, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Isn't it wild, too, that, like, you would think... If you, you if you're gushing blood, just show it and be like, look, everybody, look how hard. But because everybody's there to have a good time, like there's this very real, like my hand is falling off my wrist, and yeah. you're like, let me just hide this so I can say hello to all the kids. Yeah, yeah. wild. That's how I swore. It's a wild thing. I love it. Yeah. You know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I went, that, I put that theory through a table, and the table like explodes, and when the table explodes, it like sliced my my hand. And I, as soon as I went to pin him, I was like, oh, something doesn't feel right. Then I looked up. And <laughs> yeah, the inside of my hand is exposed. Damn. Yeah, and that's just, by the way, that, that injury, like in two weeks, when you go like, what are some of the injuries you've had in wrestling? You won't remember no. that it even <laughs> happened. That's just, that was whatever. Yeah. That was Sunday. I wrestled half of the year last year with their torn rotator cuff. What? Oh, no. can't, how do you pick? 75% tear in, in my rotator. You can't pick people up like that, can you? Sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Through a tremendous <laughs> amount of pain. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 all your pronouns are all messed yeah, up. Yeah, you ah, can't pick yes. someone up like that. He, him, can't, yeah. but uh, <laughs> they, yeah, them, yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The almighty yeah. can the absolutely can do, anything. do it. Well, uh, uh, yeah, man, we appreciate you uh, popping by. Always. Good always. luck tonight. I hope you don't... Uh, tear that thing open but yeah. you certainly will <laughs> yeah put a glove on or something you know I mean, no one's gonna thanks for listening follow at not sam on twitter instagram facebook and youtube rate review and subscribe this has been not sam wrestling not sam.